This episode was sponsored by Quests for Authenticity, the first and only coaching program that uses D&D to help people become just as confident in real life as their characters are at the table. Welcome to the Compendium, a resource designed to help you spend less time learning D&D and more time actually playing. So that is everything you are going to get as you build your level one rogue. Um, however, it, it as good as it is at level one, it gets mm-hmm. even better starting from level two. So let's go ahead and cover what's going to happen as these rogues adventure, as they go and assassinate more people or steal stuff or whatever it is that's on their agenda, and they start earning XP and they start leveling up to level two and beyond. Right. So... This is one of the ones that also kind of gives you the vibe of like being broken. Uh, it's called Cunning Action. And this one's great and it, it doesn't get a lot of like attention. But when you start to really watch a, a player who plays a rogue and really knows what they're doing, you realize how important Cunning Action is. So Cunning Action basically means at second level, uh, you have more options to do with your bonus action. And a lot of times, some characters won't even have an option to do anything with their bonus yeah. action because they don't have the, the skill or feat or spell or whatever. And so they don't even think about it. Rogues, starting at second level, always have something to do with their bonus action. They can use it to dash so they could move their full movement again. Disengage, that means move away from a target without uh, triggering an opportunity attack. Or hide where now they have to be looked for again. And disengage. Hide is the broke one, broken one. Because if you hide at the end of your turn, then at that point you have advantage on your attack the next time you attack, which bounces off of your sneak attack. And so every single turn, I've seen rogues that go in this cycle of I sneak attack, I hide, because now they can't be seen. And so they have advantage on their next attack as they come out swinging once again. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's exactly. how I was saying these things build exponentially very, very quickly. They do. And they have that ability to like, like move faster than a monk sometimes, which is nuts. Uh, because they can just dash if they have nothing else they want to do and just move around or disengage and, you know, keep their armor pretty. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of people who will dip in multiclassing into just two levels of rogue because that's all they want, or maybe even three to get the next bump for their uh, sneak attack. But yeah, so yeah. then uh, third level they get their subclass, their rogue, their roguish archetype, and we'll talk about that in a second. There it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there it is. Okay. Um, then fourth level ability score improvement. That's their ASI as normal. Um, you can get a feat there or bump up uh, your two ability scores. Okay, um, ASI is a new one. I've not heard you say that one before. It took yeah. me a minute to be like, what is ASI? Oh, well, he just said it. Ability score improvement. Yeah, I'm not used to that. That Yeah. Yes, abbreviation. Well, so you know what's happened is in the last year playing online more, a lot of conversations about D&D and during D&D are happening in apps like GroupMe and Discord and abbreviations rule the rule those apps. Mm, and so ASI ends up being the thing to go, just like how I say BPS for bludgeoning, piercing, uh, uh, slashing. Slashing. Um, yeah, I was like, brain fart. Okay, it's been a day. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, so we'll go over the archetypes in a minute. But uh, you get the ability score. Is this... This is not as often as a fighter, is it? It no, looks pretty no often. One, no one gets it as often as a fighter. Fighter gets the most. 
Um, the uh, rogue is going to get it basically every four, so they get one, two, three, four, five. Okay, a little more than usual. Six. Okay, so they get six. I think you normal is like five maybe uh, because they get it both at, at level eight and ten and twelve. That's a little more common than, than usual if I memory serves, and it might not. Uh, but yeah, so again, with their their whole skill vibe, that really makes a lot of sense. Right, and then during that, it's the it, that the ability score improvement is the same across all classes. So yeah. there's nothing special that you do for rogues. It's just going to be that you can increase one ability by two, or two abilities by one, or you can take a feat if that's allowed at your table. Right, and usually it is. And then we get uncanny dodge at fifth level. Uh, so basically, when someone attacks you and you can see the attack, you can use a reaction to cut the damage in half. Now remember, this is for attacks, not saving throws. So as long as they had to roll to hit and you saw it happen, and you, usually your passive perception is going to be pretty high, then you can just go uncanny dodge. But that's a reaction, so that's a limited resource. Don't forget that, but it's, it's pretty great. Yeah. And then uh, level six, expertise. Again, you can add two more skills to it. Uh, and then level seven, evasion. Uh, wizards hate this one. Uh, basically, at level seven, it starts to affect things that do do saving throws, where basically uh, anytime you have to make a dexterity saving throw, uh, whether that's a spell or dragon's breath or whatever it is, uh, you only take half damage. Full stop. Um, so if the, if the if the basically if the thing says on uh, on a miss you take half damage, then what you can do is you can um, uh, you can make that save. If you make the save, there's no damage. Oh, so if it doesn't you, quarter. No, if you fail the save, you only take half. So even failure oh, is okay. as good as everyone else's success. I would have thought that it was at that point it was a quarter damage, not no. completely free home free. Yeah. So as long as it says uh, on a miss half, they're like, okay, I'll take that, and now let me see if I can avoid it altogether. And you're like, oh my gosh, right? So now you're starting to see like, okay, all the stuff's starting to stack. Like they're they're getting slippery now. Like how do I even yeah. get this guy? Right? They don't have that many hit points. Their AC is pretty good. I can't even hit the guy. I can't even find him. Right? And then. To add insult to injury, this isn't even talking about subclasses yet. Reliable talent. Like an ancient red dragon, they can just choose to succeed, basically. Okay, so by 11th level, they're so good at their stuff that when they have an ability check that they're proficient in, which is going to be a ton of them. Most of them. <laughs> yeah. If you get a roll of 9 or below before you add any bonuses, just treat that roll as a 10. Which is, yeah, it's a save and 99% then of the time. you get to add your bonuses. Which at this point is like plus 12 or 13. Yeah, and an 11. Yeah, and now it's just a 22 because you rolled a Guaranteed. 1. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. I'm playing with someone right now who's a high-level rogue, and he's like, um, oh, that wasn't very good. Uh, only 24. I'm all, Jay... Come on, man. Yeah, um, no, there's points with certain characters that I just didn't make. I don't make them roll for stuff. Because I know for a fact that they cannot possibly roll low enough to 
not meet this based off of you know all of everything that they're adding on to it and all that would be one of those situations where it'd be like i wouldn't even have them do a check because right. there would be no point right and remember rules is written saving throws don't have critical hits and critical failures so even they roll a one as long as the bonuses will get them up over that target number they can still succeed so mm-hmm. rules is written um and then it starts to like taper off a little bit up here at the top uh which is probably fortunate uh, but basically at 14th level they get blind sense if, if as long as they can hear they can uh be aware of the location of anything that's hidden or invisible within 10 feet of you so basically they get blind uh blind sight within 10 feet which other people have to take a feat to get um and then uh, slippery mind at 15th level uh basically you get proficiency in wisdom saving throws they're just like hardened and focused <laughs> more proficiency yeah they, their whole character sheet is just black dots um and then 18th level is elusive um i love how this i'm gonna read it as written because it's so beautifully done beginning at 18th level you're so evasive that tackers rarely gain the upper hand against you yeah that's been happening since fifth level wizards of the coast thank you <laughs> No attack roll has advantage against you while you aren't incapacitated. Now, imagine the high-level rogue versus rogue duel. (laughs) Yeah. And then level 20, stroke of luck. If your attack misses a target within range, you can turn the miss into a hit. You can just choose to succeed. Um, but you only get to use it once per short or long rest. Well, at least they gave you that. Uh-huh. For the DM, at least. I mean, this is all great for the player. But as yes. a DM, I'm over here like, are you kidding me? How right. are you supposed to, like, <laughs> create uh-huh. fair and challenges? also, well, by at level 20, that's already a difficulty. But that's true. And also, too, they can choose instead to, uh, when they fail an ability check, I don't know how, they can just treat the D20 as a 20. Yeah, yeah, why not? So, yeah. Yeah, and so that's that's the process of leveling up 2 through 20. But once again, that's not even everything. No, it is not. Right? So that's just your base model once again. Which and is already... You, which is already broken. Thank you guys so much for listening in. This episode was brought to you by Quests for Authenticity, a coaching program that uses D&D to help people become just as confident in real life as their characters are at the table. If you are curious how you'd measure up to your character, visit www.questsforauthenticity.com to take a free quiz and find out. If you're enjoying the content that Jason and I create on the compendium, please consider supporting the podcast by becoming a patron. For as little as $2 a month, you can not only help support the content that we create and contribute to the type of content that we record for upcoming episodes, but you'll also be helping us offset the expenses that come with hosting, recording, and running a podcast like this. New episodes of the Compendium are published twice a week, so make sure you hit that subscribe button so you're always the first to know every time a new episode comes out. And as always, thank you guys for listening in, and we will see you next time.